What's going on, everybody? This is episode number 26 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Do you enjoy the podcast? Have you listened to every episode? Well, then don't forget to subscribe, you silly goose. And if you're really feeling crazy, leave a comment and tell the world how much you love it. On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Kaysen and Nick from the band In My Room. According to their bio, they are a mildly upset emo band from Denver, Colorado. And I'm super excited to sit and talk with them. Maybe we'll find out why they aren't fully upset. I don't know. But what I do know is this is episode number 26 of the Don't Start a Band podcast with a band called In My Room. Cue the music. In my room. What's up, guys? Doing pretty good, man. I'm having a great day. Thank you guys so much for being patient with my stupid schedule. I know I said that before the podcast, but like... Like, like yeah. like This should have happened a lot sooner. Life happens. I'm just really happy Please. to be on now, which is... Hell yeah. Like, bottom line, where, where it's at. Episode number 26 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Um, introduce yourselves and tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. <clears throat> Um, I'm Kaysen Clark, um, uh, with In My Room. I do guitar for In My Room. Um, I also do a project called Bubba Duck. Um, it's just a little side recording project I have. You can check it all out on any streaming platform. Um, love the I checked Denver it out music. on Spotify. Thanks, man. Yeah, you That's were telling me about solid that. Solid choice yeah. streaming platform, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't I can, I can just say I'm very passionate about writing, Yeah. Nice. I'll put it at that. For sure. Yeah. I'm Nick. I uh, I play the rhythm guitar and I do the vocals. Uh, I also produce the band and I play drums in Bubba Duck. So. And produces Bubba Duck. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Produces well, pr- pr- in, yeah. General, in general everything general, we yeah. do because we have no money. <laughs> Are you guys the only two members in Bubba Duck or is there a Pretty much. I mean, yeah. it just kind of started off where I wrote these songs um, acoustically because mm-hmm. I would write them and they weren't really like in my room material. So I yeah. just kind of kept them in the back burner. And then Nick uh, listened to um, the song Casey's Revival acoustically. And he's like, why aren't you like doing this yeah. as a thing? Like, why, why isn't this not a thing? So that's when the project was born. I based the name Bubba Duck off of a meme I saw on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> There's this goat that wears this duck suit and he... Um, like the whole purpose behind it is he wears the duck suit because this goat has anxiety and <laughs> the duck suit calms him down. I think down. I've heard of that. Yeah, and I saw that that's and I was like, hilarious. that's that's Bubba Duck. So that's nice. that's where that started. I have uh, kind of the same thing for the backseaters. It's like <laughs> solo songs or acoustic songs that don't sound like backseaters material, yeah. but I love it. So I'm like, fuck it, people are going to hear it. So I listened to the Phantom EP, by the way. That's yeah. That's really good. You like I, it? Yeah, I was, I've been jamming uh, the, your, the song, was it Phantom? Yeah, the title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really yeah. good. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Recorded with Taylor Hahn at Hahn Audio. He's a good dude. He's a good yeah. dude for sure. He's a super good dude. Super buff, good looking guy. <laughs> yeah. <as well. laughs> 
so what got you guys into music? Ooh, um, I'll let you start that one. I started playing uh, alto saxophone actually when I was in elementary school. Um, and I mean, that kind of just led into it. Eventually I got tired of it and wanted to play guitar because I got a little older and I was in Green Day and Sun 41 and Blink-182 and stuff at the time. And so okay. I wanted to learn those songs. It wasn't really a spot for alto saxophone. So. Nice. Um, I wonder what the ratio is from like people who grew up listening to Blink, Sum 41, and Green Day and like went on to play music, what the ratio is from like people who went on to play music and people who didn't. Because it yeah. seems like, especially so many people our age, like how old are you guys? 22, 21. Okay. Yeah, there's 22. So like around early 20s or whatever a yeah. lot of the influences are well yeah i got a blink record and uh then i wanted to play guitar so so the funny thing is i actually don't like blink i only like take off my pants and jacket or take off okay. your pants and jacket something like that um but the rest of it i can't get behind and so yeah. I, always, I always get shit for that but. i mean like uh, what is it i'm an enema of the state no that's not enema of the state yeah yeah, that yeah okay that, enema i mean state it's got a couple good songs but really i mean for the most part, I felt like uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was good all the way through. But then yeah. I was always hardcore into Green Day. I still am. I mean, and yeah. then Sum 41, obviously, as well. Oh, yeah. But, I feel like Sum 41 has died off a little bit. Like, they haven't died, obviously. They're, like, doing shit. But, like, people always say Blink and Green Day. But I definitely <laughs> grew up with, like, an all-killer, no-filler Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I I stole that stole that record from the library. I didn't steal it. I (laughs) borrowed it or and never returned it. No, and then borrowed it it without anybody knowing. (laughs) I did that with Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge from a Douglas County Library once. Really? Don't say where you got it. Okay, Douglas (laughs) County Libraries. If you see this, no, I returned it. I just send me a check in the mail. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. So many fucking late fees. I probably accidentally stole something. <laughs> it's not stealing because let's be honest, and I I've probably said it on the podcast. What I used to do is I used to get the CDs from the library, bring them home, and burn them all onto a computer yep. or oh, burn yeah. them all onto another <laughs> disc. So it's like, why not just let me have the actual CD? Yeah, my dad uh, when I was doing that when I was younger, he was like, you know, there you can get in trouble. You can get a uh, like sued for what is it like not copyright? Yeah, piracy. Like, is that only if you're trying everything. to sell it though? Well, uh, I mean, pirate. I know pirating is the selling yeah. of it. I, I mean, mean, technically, you didn't buy your own copy, so it could be yeah. considered piracy. But it's 2019, or I guess it was like 2015 or 14, or whatever. <laughs> Whenever that happened, nowadays. YouTube actually, is uh, the pirate pirated uh, movie central capital oh yeah oh world. yeah and plus you see all those things that have the like family guy compilation blah 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 yeah. they do the live things with family guy episodes mm-hmm. all the time and it's just a reoccurring thing on youtube yeah don't do it don't do it we, we don't, don't support want you to do piracy it. <laughs> don't you're gonna pirate music pirate the backseaters and in my room and make sure if you steal the shit without paying for it and you're not streaming it, give it to all your friends. Yeah. Just let us know you're listening to it. Exactly. That's all. We actually got asked that same question uh, from our promotional label we're on, uh, From the Depths. Uh, we, we've been with them now for several years nice. uh, through a, a couple different bands. And they asked us uh, how we feel about people pirating our music. And I told them, I was like, if it, if it 
you know, makes you want to come to a show and even yeah. better bring a friend to a show and then maybe buy a shirt. Like that's, we're not making money off of Spotify anyway. And that's not really our goal to begin yeah. with, you know? So I'm like, pirate it. I don't care. Like if you yeah. want to listen to it, you know, it's, if you like it that much to go through like that much trouble, cause exactly. like, I feel like it's probably cheaper, but it's a lot harder to go through the navigating of stealing something as opposed exactly. to exactly streaming it but mm-hmm. and trying you to know. find a good quality version of it too yeah which i mean most of our stuff is free on Bandcamp, except i there's a couple more recent things that are like a dollar but yeah i mean other than That's that fair. like as long as it brings you to the show um yeah. speaking yeah. of taylor Hahn, one thing that he said on the podcast that kind of like turned on a light bulb in my head and made total sense is bands are more so a t-shirt company that yeah. also makes music nowadays. Nope. So, you're a clothing ins- designer. Yeah, if it inspires you to buy a T-shirt, uh, pirate it all you want. Yeah, yeah. No, I have a I have a rule with myself where um, if a if a band that I really like has a vinyl for sale, I always buy it because I'm like, yeah. all right, this is my contribution to your band. Like, keep doing your thing, yeah. you know. And Sometimes so I'll go super my... crazy and get like the CD and the vinyl. <laughs> I don't think that's only been... super crazy. That's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, there's been a couple artists where I bought it on iTunes, bought the CD and the vinyl, but that was mostly due to impatience because I, I got the iTunes first and then the CD and then the vinyl. So. Were they all like pre-orders like yeah. that kind of? Uh, okay. That's what sucks about pre-ordering like a physical copy is you don't get it until yeah. like later so you're staring at it on itunes mm-hmm. so there's definitely been albums where i have three copies of it right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so blink green day and some 41 um i i mean as far as my musical background goes it's just all over the place it goes from like you know one day I just got an acoustic guitar for Christmas when I was eight years old and I just decided that that's something I wanted to do and then it ended up like turning into a dying passion. Nice. Um, you know, I would, um, back in the day I covered a lot of, um, oh God, a lot of bands probably just like, I did cover a lot of Blink-182, obviously. Yeah. All Time Low. I'd like covering a lot of Put Up or Shut Up, but yeah. I wasn't very good at it at the time. Yeah. So... It's fun to go back and play those old songs. Like I was, you know, playing Hopper Teacher the other day. I'm like, really? Yeah. I could have never played this like when I was first learning, you know, and, and even uh, like Day Tripper by the Beatles, you know, yeah. that B minor, because John Lennon, for whatever reason, it's like his favorite chord. It's in every Beatles yeah. song. Could not play a Beatles song because of that bar chord. And so I'm like, oh, this is like a cakewalk. Now, I still know? can't play bar chords. <laughs> Plus, I would just watch like, you know, um, when I was uh, younger, my parents got me this uh b-sides deftones cd that came with a dvd on it and like watching you know chino moreno jump up on stage a bunch i just saw that and i was like i want to i want to do that i want to do that like all the fucking time so was that like do you remember your turning point like when you said this is what i'm gonna do and nothing's gonna stop me because like i have a defining moment where i remember just the switch flipped and i said i'm not gonna do anything else but that probably when I met Nick, honestly, and joined his shitty high school pop punk band at the yep. time. <laughs> what was it called? Uh, All, All wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I like to learn like the early names of bands because sometimes it's like mm, you should have kept that name, and then other times <laughs> it's like 
Good choice, picking something new. Oh no, one of our members just listened to the story so far, and they had a song called All Wrong, and then that's just what came to fruition. That definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. I love the story so far. And that album is tight, What You Don't See. (laughs) Yep. They're, uh, they've kind of, maybe it's kind of emo, but they've kind of taken like a more uh, melodic, yeah, emotional sure. route. Uh, yeah. Have you guys listened to Proper Dose? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a great album. Yeah. I'm a way bigger fan. I, of yeah, really we really have like mixed it. feelings yeah. about Proper Dose. He likes it a lot more, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, me, I'm, I just like, and this is not me saying like, oh, I'm better than everybody because I don't hold on to it. Like, <laughs> I love Under Soil and Dirt, oh, but great, yeah. like, great album. I can progress as well. Whereas like some bands, yeah, I can't like get behind it. Like for instance, All Time Low, put up or shut up, and then uh, so wrong it's right. So wrong it's right. Nothing personal, and nothing personal is where I just stop. Pretty much like, everything yeah. after this is shit. Yeah, pretty That's much honestly. <laughs> well, now I, you know, now I realize it just wasn't for me. But at the time, I was like pissed off when Dirty Work came out. I was yeah. like, what the fuck oh, is this? The one that had the whole like song about Wendy on it. There's uh, that one album. Yeah, it's got like don't this, panic. This, don't I think yeah, don't panic. Came out after Dirty Work because Dirty Work had the, I feel like dancing that like super poppy like, wannabe club. Well, song. yeah, because I listened to Nothing Personal and then I ran into that and then I was like, what, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. bands change. I get it. Taste change. They want to develop into something new. It's... The only part that was sketchy though <laughs> is they went from like their longtime label, Hopeless to i think atlantic or some kind of like bigger label and then that album came out and then they went back to hopeless and did don't panic and then i kind of thought maybe there was some some upper influence on that yeah oh who knows there's definitely some fueled by ramen memes out there on the same subject oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. Which not all fueled by ramen bands are bad. There are a lot of great ones out. Are there. they still going? Fueled yeah. By ramen? Oh yeah. No, yeah. They got Paramore, Foster the People, oh, they Basement. They're yeah. relatively large, oh, large label. Yeah. Yeah. They got nice. Basement. Um. Now just a bit more big name bands, I suppose. Yeah. Can't think of anything. Front Bottoms. They yeah, have front, front bottoms. bottoms. Oh, that's right. Um, another band that yeah. I couldn't do after a little bit, but really, yeah. well, okay. I have to say, me too. Like, I like certain songs off of the newer stuff, but that first self-titled album, mm-hmm. I listened to nothing but that album for a whole summer. Oh yeah, and then even Talon of the Hawk, I could still listen to that one all the way through. That's even, pretty much uh, my favorite front bottoms record, and I'm okay. not even that. Twin size mattress is probably oh, yeah. top. 20 favorite songs of all time that uh rose ep that they put out i think it's got three or four songs on it that's my yeah. favorite one that they've ever done well that's also it has some old uh demos i don't know if you've ever heard their um their like first ep it's called no. i hate my friends no and that's where it's got uh the one after flying model rockets um, there's a song called I Bring My Uzi to the Gym. And that's actually the first uh, recordings of 12 Feet Deep. Really? Which they eventually, I think, put on the Rose EP, right? I, yeah, I believe it was on that one. Yeah, so it had like the first versions of that before. Huh. Not to be like, you know, that's no, I guess I'll have to I'm not the biggest time. front bottoms fan. Neither am I, like, so you're fine. That's, that's... And you know what? It shaped. And I'm sure you guys might be able to say the same. Like it kind of 
listening to all these bands with full lineups and full sounds, you hear that and it's like A, honest, and B, simplistic, but hard hitting at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that drummer's killer too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first time I saw him, they were opening for Motion City Soundtrack and all he had was a snare, a floor tom, a kick, I think a hi-hat and one cymbal. That sounds like our drummer. Yeah, he has one that's, more cymbal. Yeah, that, he has one. <laughs> really? No yep. floor tom? Or no, rack tom? No, yeah, no, yeah, rack, no rack tom. tom. Yep. Just a floor tom, snare, cymbal, cymbal, yeah, hi-hat. You can do it. I Shout mean, out to Joe, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing good. He's in, uh, he's in California right now. He messed up his ankle at an overslept show. Um, he actually he ruptured his Achilles tendon. So Ooh. he's actually yeah. 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 on his on his right leg too. So he's actually out for yeah. um, at least another couple months here. We're gonna have a fill in drummer for a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, we it's Damn. a it's been a that's kind of a struggle on the. How does band. that even happen? Is someone like step he, on it, kick he, it? He I mean, jumping, he was just jumping like, around. Just he was doing guest was, vocals at the yeah. time for Overslept during their set. That kind of makes you like scared. Of, exactly. You know, I'm like, I mean, I'm just you could be scared of anything. Feet on the ground now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna overextend my ankle. Damn, that's no insane. more snowboarding for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, to go back to the drum subject, uh, <laughs> Zach Farrow or whatever the drummer uh, from Paramore. Paramore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess <clears throat> I watched an interview with him, and he talked about how when he first got a drum set, he was like all over the place, and his dad took away everything but a hi-hat snare kick and i think a floor tom just so that he would get like a super tight groove down and be able to rock like nothing but that good on him uh, yeah i don't know i mean i saw him uh i saw paramore at red rocks what last year with the uh, the, but they were doing the after laughter part two tour or whatever i think he played with like at least like an eight piece kit so that's really interesting or i i can't say that for 100 percent certain but it's definitely more than that so i mean by all means i think that is genius for getting your feet under you and like oh yeah having like deep roots like that with just having the basics and then like building on top of that it's kind of like i mean if you start playing guitar and you want to do solos right away, like you learn power chords first. I mean, like in lessons, you probably learn scales first, but first thing you really start playing is power chords. So I guess it's kind of the same. It just kind of depends on what you want to do. Maybe you want to like, you know, do this, but you got to start with, you know, maybe the power chords or maybe you want to be a little more technical and then you learn like, yeah, how to read sheet music and yeah. learn the notes. I'm working on that. Yeah, I never learned that. I just uh, I always. I mean, I did for you know classical when I was when I yeah. was in jazz bands and stuff. But for guitar, just just tabs, you know. Yeah, I something in me made me want to do guitar lessons and like I learned scales and I know like where the notes are and like basic chords and stuff. But um, yeah, I haven't gotten past that. I think it's because I felt so self-conscious as a guitar player, and I think the bottom line was I just wasn't practicing enough. Yeah, that's always so, what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eventually. So uh, what got you guys into like more of the emo music? Like, where the bands you listened to just kind of like veered off in that direction? Or, um, so you said the front bottoms helped shape the sound? Eh, 
Uh, well, at the time, I mean, like back in the day, my era of like what I listened to, like maybe 13 or 14, was like mm-hmm. a lot of Under Oath. Okay. Oh, Sleeper, Jamie's Elsewhere, like really nice. like metalcore bands that I yeah. would just like get down to at the time. And nice. Um, I don't even know where I. I just had like yeah. friends that I, you know, that I would just you be like, check out this band, you know, like shows. if you like Slipknot, yep. <laughs> then like check out this band, and if you like this band, yeah. then like check out this, and then they just climbed up and, yeah, you know, into what I would listen to nowadays, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's always weird talking about like what got you to this point, but like when you listen to your music, like you can tell some of the bands like. Um, you know, you emulate might be the wrong word because, like, you're respecting those bands and, like, you can hear, like, these guys love this band and their music. I mean, for me, listening to it, I got a modern baseball feel from it. Okay. With that yeah, the dig, new, the new stuff will... be a little uh, fair. Well, the, the new stuff will throw you off. Yeah, the new sure. stuff is <laughs> yeah. a lot more... We've, we've really, like, grinded down to, like, make it a little more, like, punchier and... We didn't want to stick to like one sound and then be mm-hmm. like, cool, this is what the album's going to sound like. We just have like a theme and then yeah. we just put well, it together. Well, well, what I always tell people too, when when they see us live, like the last half a dozen shows we played or so with this new lineup and everything, yeah. um, I mean, we've, we've been just dropping it harder and harder and harder. And so uh, a lot of that is our drummer um, is actually just basically a metal drummer like he's he's okay. got that background he's in a couple of different bands and nice um, used to drum for oversluts yeah he used to play oh, drums really? for oversluts yeah. yeah nice he's got a project called father help me um i don't think they have any music out yet but he still promotes it and yeah nice but what i've ended up telling people is is like the stuff on spotify you have to remember that when most of that was released we were a three-piece queer punk band Queer and punk band at yeah. the time, yeah. We were me and yeah. him were we were playing we, in drag and uh, like we would have we would, have we would do makeup, flowers. And yeah. It was it was we, it's it's almost I heard a girl singing. It. Was there a girl in the band or yeah? yeah we had a we had a past member um, nice. in the band and then kind of just things progressed. Taste got different, so we just yeah. kind of developed what we have nowadays. You know, so we 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 went through a huge shift um, when she left and. He was actually our main drummer, um, and then we would <laughs> yeah. switch back and forth. There's a band called Power Bottom out there that they're not around anymore, but yeah. that's kind of what they would do too. And so we we were pretty heavily influenced by them. And so nice. a lot of the older stuff is a lot lighter and a lot different thematically than than what you're hearing now. And uh, when people come out to shows, you know, um, we haven't put down any of this new stuff in the studio yet, and it's it's nowhere to be found except yeah. for live. And so. I'm that like, always sucks when people are like digging. Yeah. I know, like, where right? Is this shit? <laughs> yeah, we're we working had, on it. Okay? Like, someone came up uh, after our Maddie's Change show. Um, we played at the Marquee. They released a EP not okay. too long ago, <clears throat> and uh, some guy came up after the show and was like, "What's that song? I want to listen to that." We're like, "We, we can't do anything about it. <laughs> you just, just wait. So. We'll have to come to the next show. <laughs> our drummer's Darn. broken now, so we can't even record. I don't know." Yeah, we'll we'll get around to it. Um, it's the whole thing's actually scratched. It's ready to go. We're just kind of yeah. waiting for Joe to get better and, and kind of playing some shows in the meantime. So that's the hard thing for me, man. Is like like I said, I'm not super good with him with patience, oh, and yeah. so it like I get the the idea to like do an acoustic cover of it or something. Like when people express like 
you know, the fact that they like it, you just want to like give it to Bring them, it out there, write them, but, then, but then you got to think about the fact that you want it to be the best it can possibly yeah. be before people hear it. So, oh um, yeah, that's something yeah. I really had to take into consideration when Joe had his ankle happen because we were like ready to go into the mm-hmm. studio. It happened, life happens, you know. Yeah. Can't only imagine what he's going through with his ankle you know he's a very serious drummer and he has Mm -hmm. a lot of music that he attends to and yeah but he's also family and like first thing i told him when that happened was i'm like hey it doesn't matter if it takes you three years you know to get better like if this band is still around when you're here like you still got a spot you know and so i'm like we'll find a fill-in so we can kind of keep playing shows but you are our drummer until you decide not to be so so are you guys just going to continue like booking shows yeah that's that's the idea in the meantime we're gonna have a drummer to fill in for us for a little bit and then um you we know. may look into uh we've been or I, i've been working on re-releasing old songs because uh, the other thing too about our music on spotify is three of those songs are fairly well recorded and then the other ones i had three total microphones to work with and yeah do full drums and, and everything and recording an entire drum set on three microphones yeah. basically i've done that i actually uh the first like backseaters demo i actually hooked it up to that pa and i had the microphones coming out of that and then the two speaker cables i had running into this jack that like turned it into one cable that i plugged into that tiny ass oh. interface <laughs> it's crazy when you think about you know where you started from and yeah. stuff because i had a i had a uh, an, an SM57 mm-hmm. and I had an MXL condenser that was worth maybe $15 and then I had like a yeah. knockoff 57 and then just on, on Sunday morning I was up working at Cosmic um, which is the the new studio I've been at now for a little bit and okay I had in Boulder yeah 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 nice I had um C414s as overheads which are thousand dollar microphones yeah. and I had an 81 on just the hi-hat you know and like it's nice. you know sub kick and a 52 like on yeah. the kick it's it's just crazy to see, you know, to look at, you know, your old bands, your old recording setup or your old equipment, oh, yeah. you know, and kind of like, how did I ever do that, you know? Yeah. Well, David, the drummer in the Backseaters, him and I were talking about that on the last episode that we did um, that, you know, you still love those songs and you know that you can play it really well. Right. And like for me, the first, um, the Mailboxes EP and then our full length. I recorded all of it, but I'm like better at recording now, so I just want to like keep re-releasing everything yeah. until mm-hmm. I'm finally happy with it. But uh, yeah, I noticed. I thought it was kind of cool, but the dorm room lattes. There's like dorm room lattes one and two. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean they kinda... sound different enough to where like it sounds like re-release, but it also sounds like an acoustic or like bonus track which is cool it doesn't sound like oh they you know didn't have any money on this first one and then made the second one like i think i i don't know i'm a sucker for like bonus tracks b-sides demos oh yeah same we really we have a demo ep on Bandcamp where we did two live recordings and this acoustic song that we whipped up in an hour while we were all like you know hanging out at his old house that's awesome yeah i've always wanted to do one of those live recordings because there's just i mean there's a certain aspect that you get if you're a really tight band that you can create something and have this feeling 
when you're playing it all together, but when you're like sitting there and like recording your guitar part, you're not feeling that. Yeah, it can be really jump. stiff. Yeah, it, well, and I mean, sometimes uh, in other bands that I played in, it kind of has the possibility of you recording it at a slower tempo because you're recording it by yourself, you're thinking about it by yourself, and mm-hmm. then you go to play it live, and you're like, this. I recorded it 10 BPM slower than it actually yes. was. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so much more energy when you're, you know, playing it with uh, the full band, hearing every part all at once. For yeah, sure. For sure. Well, and I mean, you guys probably know this, but you get better at your instrument and more cohesive as a band. So. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you're like, because like the current in my loo, in my, in, in my, my room, in my loom, <laughs> in my room lineup, um, we're all like, great friends we're all great friends we hang out with each other outside of everything you know that's awesome we you know write really well together um it's just one of those things that we just picked up like as soon as joe came in for his first day he was just like yeah joe was kind of a game changer that dude is like yeah yeah we were he was he was he wanted like he wanted to be in the band or you contacted him so when <laughs> when we went through our lineup change um i actually i put out a, a post on denver music scene or, or yeah. you know a couple of those different facebook pages i was like hey i'm looking for a drummer you know it's the worst instrument to be looking for because there's no drummers and they're already like what drummers there are, Dude, are already in eight bands drums. <laughs> yeah uh, I ended up having like three or four messages. Uh, we had Keenan from Backseat Vinyl as our drummer for a little okay. bit. Um, we had Nate from Maddie's Change come in for a practice, and then you know just a couple of a couple of people that did really great, really great jobs for us, and then kind yeah. of just decided they didn't have enough time, which is fair. Um, and Joe was one of the people that responded to that original uh, post, and I forgot to respond to him for like two months. And when we were nice. out a drummer again, I was looking through my messages. I was like, oh, I'll that's how you know it's meant guy, to be. Like. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, though. Mm. Do you ever find like being such great friends when you're delegating responsibilities and like who's doing what? Like if somebody falls down on the job, does that make it easier or harder for you to like confront them about it? Because like would, I would say with me and him living together, um, we're that probably helps we uh, yeah, we yeah. joke a lot of the time my girlfriend hates it um <laughs> that we're married this, this is my yeah. husband so real, <laughs> on the daily we go out in public and say this like <laughs> he's got a cute like backstory too he's like oh yeah we met on the beach in cozumel and yeah that's hilarious. it's a it's a good time but mm-hmm. honestly i was just gonna say at, at this point i feel like we have musicians in, in the band right now that uh, that all have years and years of experience and okay. are very very professional people. So yeah, you guys everyone's don't kind take of everything been personally. It and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're all we're all kind of past all of that. And so I mean, hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed, you know. But that's the hardest part about. I mean, for me being like band dad in my band, like I don't want to oh, hurt yeah. anybody's feelings, and like I know that I'm intense and like I'm super crazy passionate about this. And so sometimes it comes off as me being a dictator as opposed to, like, a president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's just when you have, like, you know, if something were to happen in your or in anyone's band, really, that just kind of is like, well, you know, we have these moments where we're writing, where mm-hmm. we write something 
and then maybe Joe doesn't like it and he's like, well, no, I, I don't like that at all, actually. Like, can we yeah. do it this way? We'll try it, and then we'll go back and forth. We're, it almost feels like we're bouncing ideas, but more aggressively. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but in the end of the day, like, we yeah. come back from it, and we're like, yeah, that was a good writing session. You know, we're all cool in the end. We just need yeah. to have a level of understanding where we make sure that, you know, what we talk about is more progressive yeah and yeah you, know, you just have to make sure that that you're moving forward and not just fighting each other yeah. you know well that's what it sounds like is not um you know it sounds like a fair compromise because you know right i've definitely played with some people i'm not saying in the backseaters um i played with some people who they hear a song that you've written or whatever and they just straight up go i'm not playing that <laughs> instead of like trying to work around it and yeah. like find a way to play it where like you love your drum part and this person still gets to do a variation of their guitar part. Right. And yeah, it's, I always say that being in a band, you have to have an open mind and like respect the people in your in a band with, but like also be direct. Yeah. What so, happens cause... with us a lot of the time is I do a lot of the writing, especially lyrically. He's been doing actually a lot more of the uh, musical writing, okay. um, but there's, there's a trend. Who it's... sings the most? I'm the I'm the lead. Oh, yeah, he does. A, I just do like backups. And okay. Yeah, he's our he's our screamer and, and a backup singer and stuff. Um, but I'll bring you know I'll, I'll write a song acoustically and and kind of bring it to practice and then by the end of practice I'm like okay so we kept the melody on the third chorus but it's now a completely different song and yeah you know that's just sort of the way it is and and you know I'm at the end of the day I I took something that I created and then everybody else made it better. So. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about you doing that as opposed to you know, like sometimes I get super excited on an idea and like I can play drums and guitar and do all that stuff. So I'll shell out like basically a whole demo, like idea of a song. But what I've kind of backed off to doing now is like I'll do the guitar part, maybe the lyrics, because when you're playing the guitar part, the drummer's going to hear a different drum beat in his head that maybe, you, you know, you would have heard a completely different one. And then bass... I don't know too much about bass to really like, I just follow the guitar when I record the bass on the demos, but right. it's just cool to know that like people hear things differently and like beats and, yeah. um, you know, everybody gets different feelings from different songs. Oh yeah. Especially if it's like, you know, part of what music is like something that people love to like you know, feel like that they get to individualize themselves with because, you know, it makes it unique to oh, be yeah. able to say that, you know, I'm all about this, but at the same time, I'm all about like this part of the scene. I'm indie rock, but like, I love rap or like, yeah, yeah or listen, kind of, I'll go you know, from NWA to Lorna Shore really quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to only, you know, say that I listen to indie rock and that's it and refuse to listen to anything else. Like you're really hurting yourself more yeah, than seriously. anything because I mean, I've gotten ideas from Nora Jones. I love oh, Nora Jones' yeah. music yeah. as a lyricist, as, you know, um, so are you kind as of a, a jazz musician. Are you uh, kind of a country fan then? Like kind of like an old school? Old school, yes. Okay. Did you, I mean, since you asked me, you probably heard the album that Billy Joe yeah. and mm -hmm. Nora Jones did. I thought that that was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Can't but say like, I've ever heard it. It's it, good. I, the song Rocking Chair on it. Yeah, that's a great one. Phenomenal. Oh, but yeah. uh, to go back to the country thing, and it kind of works with, you know, talking about emo music and stuff, Marty Robbins. 
Okay, that's you ever listened to? Okay, you need to go and listen to his stuff because it's like old, like nineteen fifties, sixties, um, like outlaw country. Like a lot of yeah. the songs oh, are, you oh know, brother, like, where art thou? Kind of. <laughs> Yeah, like kind of the cowboy country, like Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff he talks about. I mean, you picture it in old saloons and shit like that. But uh, Uh I consider him to be like the first emo. Because like one of his songs is called, and it's my favorite song by him. It's called They're Hanging Me Tonight. And it's basically about him being in love with this girl. And she falls in love with another guy. And he ends up seeing them in a cafe and kills them both. Oh. And he says... uh, uh, they'll bury her tomorrow, but they're hanging me tonight. And like a lot of his songs end with somebody dying in the end, but like it's super heartfelt. And like, I don't know for not having been a cowboy, it still feels relatable yeah. and beautiful. He has a song. You might've heard this one. It's called El Paso. No. Okay. Not off the top of my head. Maybe if I heard that was like his hit, and like the Grateful Dead did a cover of it, and like a lot of people have. That was a cover. Yeah. Oh wow. (laughs) Yeah. The Grateful Dead covered it. I love finding that out. (laughs) That just blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, uh, Counting Crows actually covered the Dead, which I mean. Yeah. I guess they kind of have a similar thing about them, but. uh, yeah, they covered. Um, it escapes me, but oh, I'll remember it. But I'll look into it at some point. Uh, I, yeah, it's one of those songs that I thought <laughs> that they wrote it until I heard the Grateful Dead version, and I was like, yeah. oh. That's how because um, Sublime covered uh, the Grateful Dead too. Oh, really? And it took me a while to realize that it was a Dead song. They have a song called Scarlet Begonias. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a. Uh, yeah, the Sublime yeah. covered that, and then I was huh. like, wait, this is a Grateful Dead song, what? And then, yeah, I put yeah, it dude. together. Who was the artist that covered The Boys Are Back in Town that you didn't know that was a cover until I oh, told no, you? Oh, no, 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 okay. Because so I was ashamed. We, no, we were listening to The Boys of Summer. <laughs> or Boys of Summer. Yeah, oh. and I, t- yeah. <laughs> um, there's this band called Daddy Issues yeah. that did a cover of it. I was like, Nick, you gotta listen to this song, it's so good. And he's like, this, this is, is a the cover. The Boys of Summer. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Well, a lot of people think, um, <coughs> what's that band that has the popular cover of it? Fuck. I uh, just... Bowling for Soup, 1985? <laughs> no. Uh, or... It's of Boys of Summer. And it's oh, like the a, Ataris? Yeah, the yeah. Ataris. Like, a lot of people think the Ataris wrote that, but, like, it goes back even further Yeah, it's an that. 80s song. And then they switched up the whole, yeah. like, Deadhead sticker. They did, I found a black, or was a, a black, black flag, flag sticker, sticker on, on a Cadillac. Cadillac. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. What was I going to say? It was not, is it Something 1985 or is it, um, Bowling for Soup has a song that everything's that they wrote. Maybe it's, is it Stacy's Mom? Or is it? I think so, because, that like, I remember me. seeing that, I mean on LimeWire and shit, like a lot yeah. of people think that they wrote Stacy's Mom, but it's Fountains of Wayne, which that was their only song. Yeah, yeah. And a little tip, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but uh, we're actually going to start covering Stacy's Mom. Hey. Nice. That song is fucking hard to sing, dude. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Parts of it, it just it doesn't make sense with my voice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's actually, um, I think Polyphonic or maybe... There's a bunch of music YouTube uh, pages that I follow, but there's actually like a top 10 songs that you think were written by somebody else. 
I know, um, like, music f- is when, or that YouTube page has a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, there's just a ton of them. But it's it's crazy, those songs that you fall in love with and you, you know, find out that there's a cover and you're like, fuck. Like, a lot of people think yeah. that Johnny Cash wrote Hurt. And uh, Tom Petty wishes that he had written Won't Back Down and given it to Johnny Cash. Yeah. Because oh. he said Would have made more money off it, I'll yeah. bet. Oh, yeah. And mm. Cash just, you know, sang it and played it ten yeah. times better because he was Johnny Cash. Johnny oh, Cash. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, I've been everywhere because he, he he mentions Colorado in there. I'm like, hey, that's yeah. our state. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Cash is another. I don't know for some reason like my two big eras that I love that obviously were way before my time, the 1950s, because for some reason I just love the way that like people talked to each other yeah. back then and everybody always said hi to one another, and uh, it just. That's when the Mer- the American dream was alive, and like people had like people like people take yeah, their hats off. Yeah, and they had like buildings just and... respect for themselves yeah, like and the like elegance. Yeah, and, they yeah. wanted to work hard and be the best that they could be. And then I also love, uh, you know, the eighteen hundreds cowboys. Yeah, like my favorite Red um, Dead Redemption. <laughs> well, I haven't played that yet. I really want to. It's a to. great game. Um, but the third Back to the Future. Mm. Oh like yeah, I'm one of my all about that. Something about cowboys, dude. Like, yeah. I think I would definitely be an outlaw if I was like transported back in time. I just yeah, you'd be in like it's a cowboy cool. Gang. You're on the run. You get robbing to like trains. see the country. Yeah, yeah robbing trains. Uh, so are you, know. you like the solo cowboy, or do you run with a pack? Then nah, the cowboys aren't right? solo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just, no, the lone riders get they get shot. Mm. No, they always yeah. they always ran in packs. They had gangs. They had like the a, closest thing I have to a pact is my roommate and I have agreed that there's a lot of times where we think about stealing shit. <laughs> like him and I both never would because I mean that's just the kind of person we are and we don't except for some forty one albums. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we always just think like. How easy would it be to take that right now? You know? Mm-hmm. So, and I always think, like, the first thing I think of if I could teleport would be robbing a bank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, that's... It's like portal, you yeah. know? You just open it up, and then you walk through, and then just keep throwing it in the portal. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They have all those, like, um, you know, those, those things you see on Facebook and stuff. It's like, what what superpower would you, you know would you want to have if you could have invisibility or teleportation it's like well really you could you could do a lot with any of those so like if, if you teleporting i would yeah. teleport fucking straight to the mountains like during the summer exactly i would go there like if i had i mean even on my lunch break from work mm-hmm. i would go just like somewhere random in the woods and just sit there and listen to fucking nothing for an hour right how was your lunch break uh, i went to norway for a little bit yeah <laughs> Fucking Went up out. north, checked out Aurora Borealis. There's nothing. Came back. And now I'm here back again. In. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, and that's another weird thing is like, I don't like the beach really. Tropical. Is I, not I can my agree with scene, that. The tropical is also. But like the mountains and like camping and stuff, that's my shit. I love the whole like. Um, cause I grew up in a small, a very small mountain town in Utah called Cedar city. Okay. It's right off of I 70. You just go to Beaver County 
and then you, you're right there if you walk outside the peaks are just like right up at the top nice. over there yeah and you know those awesome like summer days where you like pull back a tree and then you just see this lake and a oh, valley and it's, it's summer the fucking best dude. yeah or like a babbling brook it's yeah exactly better, yeah crackling fire when it's just coals yeah i got, um, to, uh, I got to go to Kauai this summer uh yeah because I have some super nice parents. But uh, nice. <laughs> I was like, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved it. And I would go back and, and stay yeah. there forever. But I mean, that's I feel like that's different. You know what I mean? Like California Beach as opposed to like Hawaii Beach. That's true. I've never been to Hawaii Beach. So. I was just terrified I was going to get eaten by a shark, to be honest with you. Like I have a crippling fear of open water. Damn. <laughs> it's like I was I so I was fine. And then a seal. Uh, what are they called? Uh, a monk seal. Yeah. came and like swam, swam up next to me and got onto the beach and i was like oh fuck no like <laughs> i'm like even though it's a seal and it wasn't gonna do anything to me like i have a i have a terrible phobia of fish like yeah. bigger than my it's hand and to me a that's a big ass fish like yeah basically like, nope i'm staying on the beach wait aren't seals never mind i was about to ask if seals were mammals i mean yeah i think right and they yeah. definitely kill other mammals i don't know i dropped out of college yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd have to like take a purposeful direction to learn that one. But uh, what I was going to say is I knew this girl back in the day who had the most insanely irrational fear of stingrays. Like she oh. just thought when she went into the ocean, she was going to step on a stingray. And like she told me that she had to step like people had to like walk with her on their feet because <laughs> she was so terrified of it. And I think a couple months after she told me that, she got stung by a stingray. Oh, oh my god! It's almost like that fear attracted, you know, <laughs> that one thing. So if if that's the case, if your fear attracts whatever you're afraid of, I'm gonna end up on a really high peak one day. Yeah, because that shit, it makes my hands sweat just thinking about it. <laughs> um, but one thing I did want to ask you, and uh, kind of bringing up different genres and stuff. Do you feel like rap and like SoundCloud rap or whatever is stealing the thunder of emo and pop punk music? Oh, that's bit? a good question. Um, and this is well, not hard to know, answer. Yeah. For all the SoundCloud rappers that love my podcast, <laughs> this is not us talking shit. This is just coming to grips with like what is going on. Because I watched a video that straight up said that the reason there hasn't been a super resurgence of pop punk is because all those kids who would go up going this way listening to pop punk are first being introduced to these rappers and then going that way. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like that like in the way that emos progressed over the years, in my in my opinion, yeah. I wanna say, in my opinion, but um emo kinda started off as like this sub genre like kind of yeah. more exclusive lifestyle American of football, like bright eyes, yeah. like mineral, mineral captain jazz all that stuff but then people kind of like took emo mm -hmm. and they made it more of a lifestyle nowadays it's more of yeah. like a it's like a it's like a mindset essentially you know people want to don't want to listen to emo music mm -hmm. but they like the idea of you know like undergoing that the, they're depressed and <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, it's almost like an aesthetic thing. It's yeah. like a, and then like people vibe. bring that in their music for sure. Yeah, yeah, which I think, you know, I think the whole emo thing, 
is a good outlet as long as you're honest about it because right. if you're chasing something that you think looks cool people are gonna know you're full of shit yeah right because i mean like look at like um like i don't know like you know like little peep I'm yeah. not, I wouldn't listen to Little Pete personally, I but don't like, like yeah, yeah, but his I get a lot of heat yeah. for that one, but I just like we have a lot of friends that do, but we well, just at least we're all on the same page. Yeah, it's we a safe space. It's a safe space. <laughs> but like Little Peep was he came from it. a background where he listened to you know Taking Back Sunday, yeah, brand new. Well, and he used samples from all those bands. Yeah, too. exactly. He sampled a, a Taking Back Sunday song. Okay. Among um, other things. Among other things, yeah, and Oasis and all that stuff. But you know, and then like Wicca Phase, um, Springs Eternal. That was the, the uh, one of the old members of Tiger's Jaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Tiger. I think I saw that recently. That he's yeah. like a rapper now. Oh, he yeah. is a no, very he's successful. A, he's phase. He oh, like okay. works within the scene. Tour tours with bands like Turnstile and Angel oh, Dust damn. and Turnover and. That's insane. Oh yeah, definitely. See what what I think but, is really cool about it. I mean. I don't I don't like any of it. It's not what I listen to and yeah. it's what other people listen to and that's fine, but what I really appreciate about that genre is like I don't I don't like Post Malone mm-hmm. or like his music, but I love him as a person and like his Nirvana covers and yeah. like he's the dude know, can he's sing bringing, his ass off oh, yeah. for sure. He um went to the high school with the guys from Crown the Empire and almost became a member of the band. Damn. I yeah. <laughs> that fact blew my mind. Like Yeah. But they're bringing all these emo bands and like the old, you know, 90s grunge and stuff and they're making that stuff more popular, which is, you know, like don't shit on those people because they're they're helping bring that stuff yeah. back even if they're not necessarily playing that kind of music, you know. And, you I know, guess we can all live in harmony. Yeah. But you yeah. have a more futuristic thinking about it which has just influenced me in this past 2 minutes and 47 seconds is the fact that it might be going in the hip hop route now. But like one thing David and I were talking about is influences and how sometimes like you like to go back and listen to the bands that influence the bands that influence the bands. And, uh, you know, it might not be now, but maybe in the future after the SoundCloud and emo rappers have gotten big, people are going to want to check out where they came from. And, you know, maybe some kids will grow up like medium like in the SoundCloud rap, but also hear like, oh, there's this rock music that sounds like SoundCloud rap, mm-hmm. which is like kind of sad to hear come out of my mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back like a whole new, def- exactly. de- like defined, I set my friends on fire kind of vibe. Oh my God, dude. I <laughs> loved that band. And like things that rhyme with orange is still like, Oh, I was listening to that in the shower today. I <laughs> love that song, but I saw them live one time and the lead singer, like they were all fucked up and mm-hmm. like, I've never heard a professional band just like fuck up and be so off. But the dude, it was at Warp Tour and he points at the Bronco on top of Invesco Field yeah. and he goes, I just smoked an Angel Dust Blunt and I'm going to ride that Bronco. And I was like, oh, that's why you suck. Yeah. Okay. They get so much shit from the press. Yeah. It's not even funny. But But you know what? To go back to you guys, you know, from them is like they do what they want. They're not trying to impress oh, yeah, no, anybody. Yeah. yeah, we play a hardcore song halfway yeah. through. So, you know, <laughs> well, like... and that's what's cool about you talking about the progression of your guys's music and saying that you know, uh, 
you're going to get an unexpected slap in the face or whatever when you hear the new songs. Like, you're not trying to pander to anybody or, like, maybe the people that loved your old shit. You know, you're playing the songs that you want to make. Yeah, because, like, you know, we did start off with the whole we wear makeup on stage and we have flowers and, you know. The Replacements did that. And we were terrible, by the way. Did you ever listen to The Replacements? I know of, but I've never listened to them. Check out their song Androgynous. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. Um but uh, yeah, they I saw them and they actually got banned from SNL for performing. I think it was for performing in drag, and like they were also just like no, intoxicated. Really? I think, but okay, um, well, I saw them at the first Riot Fest they did in Denver, and they did the same thing. Like they wore dresses and. Um, so did Kurt Cobain when he played too. He wore dresses and bras and stuff on stage. That is true. Yeah, Kurt Cobain. I hated on him for the longest time. I was like, "You're talking to the wrong person." Then I had well, a discography no, no, no. on vinyl. Hey, hey <laughs> sister, his birthday was. This is what I'm gonna say. Okay, <laughs> I hated on him for a long time. I thought he was shitty at guitar. That his voice sucked. And this was before I fell in love with like vocalists who weren't the best singers. Like mm-hmm. I went through a phase where that's all I wanted to listen to was singers that couldn't sing that well. But uh, yeah, just hated on him for the longest time. And then I watched a documentary about him and kind of delved more into what he was writing about and just like kind of watched him and like learning that he wouldn't lip sync shit. I think it was top. Was it top of the pops that he refused to lip sync? It was. um, I know they did an MTV yeah, Awards. MTV tried to make him. Is that uh, when he did the? Too. Here we are yep. that one. <laughs> and he is just he stood golden. there and did this with his guitar instead of actually well, and playing didn't it. Dave Grohl was, he was like doing shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean. And then at the end, Chris Novoselic uh, runs up to the mic and he's like, "Where's Axl Rose? I love you, Axl Rose." And then they just hi Axl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the longest time, and it was because. I was fucking ignorant, dude. I can say that back in the day, musically, I was ignorant. Like, I was open to the things that were in this subgenre. Like, I listened to A Day to Remember and Four Years Strong. For and, sure. And, like, that right was pretty days. much it. But I was just, I was ignorant. I didn't oh, know Oh, dude, I, we, I still have my moments nowadays where I, like, you know, good example would be, like, when Knuckle Puck released Shapeshifter, I saw that and I was like, no no i'm gonna hate this and then nick played like two songs off of it two yeah. songs and then i was like this actually isn't that bad like there's songs that i don't enjoy off of it mm-hmm. but they have this song called everyone lies to me and then the intro just yeah. like da-da-da, da-da-da. makes you want to yeah. go yeah yeah they kind of did the same thing that uh neck deep did <clears> at the start <throat> of uh i think it's life's not out to get you they had that super heavy song that like started out the album oh yeah yeah i think that shit's badass man oh yeah yeah. plus back in the day they wanted to be the whole like pop punk band that just went like balls to the wall yeah yeah listening to their early shit as opposed to now like their guitars were a lot lower than they are now yeah right right joe is our danny washington yeah. yeah, well, because Danny Washington's like a speed metal. Drummer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always say, um, I always say Joe's better at drums than I'll ever be at anything. Yeah, so, 
And he's got three. Like, it's just snare, floor, tom, and kick, and he plays shit that I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around. So, I mean, going back to that, I kind of think maybe there's a possibility of he's not out, like, over-exhausting his mind, thinking, like, oh, I could do this roll that goes up here. I could hit this symbol. Like, obviously, you're not you know, consciously thinking about that the whole time you're playing, but the possibilities kind of like keep you in this little, but if you know, you only have these like three things to hit. Yeah. Then, you know, that opens up uh, a whole world of possibility. And the counting crows did that not to, you know, keep going back on it. But (laughs) um, when the counting crows recorded their first album, they were using like electric guitars, like keyboards, you know, full drum kit. And then Adam Duritz, like, wanted to scrap all the songs go back and redo them with an acoustic piano um you know a small drum kit and good on him all that stuff yeah yeah a lot i mean there's always that like turning point where you always just like you know band, you see bands like remix and remaster al- yeah. albums all the time and i i mean usually i always see it working for the better yeah the only case where i saw someone do that and i didn't really um pierce the veil decided to re-record and remix um selfish machines okay i didn't really like the new version it just didn't hold up but then was that uh, the one that had bulletproof love or was it yes okay the one where like the two kids are standing in the box in the middle yeah okay and caraphernalia and yeah that stuff ice nine kills did that with uh safe just a shadow and they did a killer job at it yeah they killed it they called it something and reshadowed re re something and reshadowed okay yeah yeah, I only ever, man, as I keep saying these things, I feel like I sound like a fucking hipster or like a wannabe whatever douchebag. But um, the only thing I ever liked from them was like their first EP slash demo okay. that had a, a song on it that I think was like, build a wall or build a bridge to jump off of it or No, yeah, because they also had the original version of what I didn't learn in study hall on that one, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. For some reason, like, I loved that, but I think part of it is I just didn't keep listening to them. That might also be... Yeah, I actually... I didn't like them for the longest time, and then I, I got into them... Uh, a little bit more kind of mostly with the greatest story ever told and, yeah. and mm-hmm. songs like that. It seems that. like they're gaining momentum these days. They are. Like, I but, didn't um, hear anything about Well, they the built themselves time. like this perfect like concept of a band and I love it nice. so much. The only the only thing that worries me, my vocal teacher and I agree on this. Um, he Spencer Sharnas does not have much longer left as a as a singer. Yeah. If he keeps if he kind of continues on the path that he's going because his voice is really, really, really worn out. Ollie Sykes. Yep. Just oh, God. Out. I don't. <laughs> Ammo. I listened to Ammo and I was like, oh, of course. I like... haven't listened to anything off of that new album. Yeah. Again, not for me, man. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. What mm-hmm. you should do is uh, Spencer Sharner should do the same thing that uh, Danny Worsnop, Asking Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah. What he did, uh, where he took a hiatus. Um, okay. And they, well, yeah, you want to give it a break before it busts. Yeah, but he went to a like a world-renowned vocal coach and spent like a year, year or two working with him. And he's got uh, a couple songs that I really like. One is uh, Vultures, and then the other one's Under Denver, um, off their okay. newest album, the newest Asking Aldra- Asking Alexandria album. And he's his voice is absolutely beautiful now. And nice. they're not nearly as heavy, but 
he like really kind of reeled it back in and was like, all right, this is what I am still able to do. And he's, he's working yeah. with it. And it's, it's amazing. Well, that whole voice busting thing is how the world got damned with Skrillex. Oh, <laughs> yep. because Sonny thrashed cool. his voice. The last time I had actually seen him was at the Marquee Theater, and he was doing this thing. It was like a solo project where he had his laptop playing the songs. Wait, like, Sonny or Skrillex? Sonny. Oh. Before okay. he started Skrillex, mm-hmm. and he was like singing along to the songs on his laptop. And then, you know, a couple of years went by and here comes Skrillex. And I was like, that's crazy. Because a couple of years ago, I saw that dude at the marquee and there was like 30 people there. Yep. And then Skrillex came about. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was also in uh, from first to last. Too, well, yeah, so. that's, that's where like blew his voice. Out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, Burt McCracken did the same thing. And he, I feel like they haven't been the same since. But enough about these other bands. Let's talk about <laughs> you guys mildly what does it say mildly upset (laughs) yeah please explain so i like to not be melodramatic and um i'm I'm like kind of a hardcore feminist so i try to not write anything that's misogynistic or derogatory at all because that's That's it's it's really prominent in pop punk especially at the local level and it's not that i'm gonna name names or anything but it's just I just like don't, in local bands in, in Denver? local bands not not necessarily in Denver but just the smaller ones that haven't necessarily figured out the subtlety in, in lyricism yet when they're you know just sort of beginning well, and it's referring like to me. no no that we can say for sure we're not referring okay. to nobody <laughs> nobody in particular just just young people that you know have, okay. haven't written a whole lot of songs and stuff and so I try to I try to not be melodramatic and I try to be really really honest with this band and I try to not write anything misogynistic and so it's a lot of it ends up coming out kind of lukewarm mm-hmm. as you know from a lyrical perspective because i'm not as like venomous or, or whatever yeah. as, as some people would be lyrically and i have a lot of one-liners and stuff that hit hard and and i have a lot of people that have pissed me off and inspired songs and stuff too but i just also think that there's you know kind of a time and a place for it and, and putting you know whether you like it or not or whether you hate this person now or, or whatever yeah they did you know it's just i just don't think it's cool to you know, be bashing them that severely from a stage, you know? It's like, yeah. like I said, there's a time and place for it and, you know, say that to their face or whatever you want to do, but I just, I don't, I don't feel the need to put that in a song. And so yeah. that's what I mean by mildly upset. It's kind of like, I like that though. You're not just yeah. like, it's like, I'm going to talk about it. It's got a double meaning, you, down, you, know? you know, like people see mildly upset and they're like, ah, ha, ha, like mildly upset emo rock, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But yeah. in the end, I, you know, I thought it was, you know, pretty nifty. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But I get I get what you mean about, you know, lyrically and uh you know, my songs I'll tell you guys after we're done with the podcast, there's only one song that I have that's like a stab at something, but it's like not a person. Uh-huh. Um but I feel like people lose the ability I mean, there's not a lot of artists who can a tell stories these days like i like you know counting crows tom petty you know telling stories but also talking about you know a moment or something that maybe fell apart or didn't go the way you wanted to but you know a lot of the songs that some might say are misogynistic or 
um, malicious are basically people pointing fingers and not looking exactly. at the three pointing back yeah. at them. You know what I mean? Instead of just talking about what went wrong and not placing fault. Right. I'm getting like super philosophical yeah. about this, but I totally get what you're saying because I, um, yeah, I think it, it's been a overdone to, you know, do yeah. personal attacks and say shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think there's better ways to go about it for sure. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I just, I just try not to, I try to, you know, not make it sound like, oh, you owed me something or like, yeah, you know, exactly anything, anything like that. This is what you left me with, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. I would say, I would say a lot of our stuff is actually really self-deprecatory too. It's just same, like very like mean to myself, but mm-hmm. well, a lot of my songs kind of are more so about well actually like 90 percent of my songs are more self-reflective and like me looking at myself as if i was another person and like Mm -hmm. analyzing myself but uh i was thinking about it a lot the other day because i started writing this song and i was like fuck i have a lot of songs about being sorry yeah (laughs) i feel that my problem but uh no i i like that and i uh i I think it's cool to hear other people's perspectives when it comes to like the writing process and lyrical writing. Is that something you keep in mind when you're writing lyrics or is it something that just naturally, you know, you avoid subconsciously? No, with, with lyrics, like I don't, I don't think anybody's uh, like conditioned enough to be always politically correct or always, you know, I think it, it really takes a lot of proofreading and, and it, and it takes a long time to learn those things. And so, what I do is I write lyrics that usually just kind of come out and then I'll yeah. go back and edit and be like, oh, I kind of sound like a piece of shit for saying that. So like, I'm going to yeah. you know change that to something else. Or that might sound a little too like childish. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, childish in the sense that it's just like, I want to be more descriptive and like, I want people exactly. to understand the feeling more than the message. Like, you know, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I totally get it because I can't write songs like in the heat of the moment right after something happened. Like I have to analyze it. And also I think it's good to leave a little mystery to the person who's listening to it because then they can, you know, say, I mean, you know, maybe some really, um, narcissistic people, but like there's definitely songs Mm -hmm. where it's like, they wrote this song about me and what I'm going through. Like yeah. this oh, is yeah. spot on. But if you know, you're know you a hundred percent relating it to this one situation that you had, people are like, oh, so that's what Kason and Nick went through. Cool. Well, plus yeah. I love the idea of self-interpretation through lyrics. You know, you can yeah. listen to a song that's, you know, that the person wrote about a breakup or they wrote about a drug addiction or something yeah. like that. But that song... Like when you listen and to those words being sung, that means mm-hmm. something completely different to you than maybe it would to Nick. You know, someone might listen to dorm room lattes and relate it to you know life at home versus. Well, the first yeah. line of that one is I've been feeling suicidal. So true, yeah. <laughs> but maybe for other reasons. Maybe different. I, maybe other songs. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like you know, like but I, again, some people might relate to that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. On a completely different scale other than, you know, what we were feeling at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think I think it's cool um to see uh what other people think my songs are about because it's not 
yeah necessarily always like super black and white and especially uh when it's about things that have happened with my parents that's that's one thing that i try to be really kind of like covert about when i write uh because me and my parents get along very well now and Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like it's all in the past you know i'm still gonna write about it because i feel like there's something there that's that could appeal to other people and that i can you know still kind of relate to and i finally wrote him a song too where uh um I, I say in the bridge, uh, my parents were always smarter than I thought, you know? And so yeah. I always point to them when they're at the show. I'm like, hey, shout out to mom and dad. Like, we're cool now. But right yeah, yeah it's, it's stuff like that. And, and you know, with, with drugs and alcohol abuse and those those kinds of things can be sensitive for people. And so a lot yeah. of times you might think you know what it's about, but you really don't. Yeah. I mean, I have a song, the first one that comes to mind that's about bad habits and things of the sort, but if you listen to it from a perspective of somebody who maybe just got out of a relationship, like you can totally relate it to, um, you know, falling into a relationship and getting sucked in and, um, kind of Mm -hmm. having to step out of it. But that is not what I wrote it about at all. Exactly. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's really cool for sure. Um, kind of switching topics, you guys work with a management team yeah uh, it's kind of more of a promotional label more than anything i think we kind of talked about it when we played at the summit um because i i feel like i remember you saying something about like um you know getting hooked up with interviews and possibly like tours and shows is that something they do as well or it's more so I mean, they, they do a lot of stuff um a lot of it's just kind of promotion and and kind of sharing and, and like you said getting interviews and things like that okay. um, then they also have a huge database with um like booking contacts for all, all 50 states and okay um you know they're able to help with with a lot um do you guys we, tour there may or may not be a tour happening, but uh, if <laughs> if it were to happen, then um, you know my plan would be because it would all be self booked. I have like an entire schedule written out on my phone okay. with possible dates, possible bands for this tour that may or may not be happening. This tour that may or may <laughs> not be happening. Yeah, it may or may tour. not be happening, guys. But um, you know, I would. I pretty much just like, you know, would shoot him a quick email. I'm pretty sure that they, because back in the day, I was thinking about booking a show in California with the old okay. pop punk band that we were in. We yeah. worked with the same promotional label. Nice. I sat in my car, talked with him on the phone, you know, for a little bit and pretty much told me about, you know, what they could do as far as like booking shows out of state and stuff like that. So I feel like that, okay. you know, they were really good guys. They're really great sure. guys. They've helped us a lot with, you know, do they help you with marketing as well? Yeah, to an extent, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of on a basis of, of, hey, we have this release coming up, and we feel like if you guys helped us out and gave us some advice and, and helped us share it around, like, it would probably go better. And they'd be like, all right, this is what you should do. You know, start sharing it at this date, and then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of coordinate. And <clears throat> So nice. it's it's sort of on a case-by-case basis, and you sort of have to be proactive and, and reach out to them first. Yeah. Um, we also work with a guy named Hector. Uh, he actually lives in Puerto Rico. Um, nice. And he uh, he's been a homie ever since, like yeah. ever since, like before in my room too. So like yeah, okay. no, he's always been like a huge supporter, which is cool. Um, nice. And he's always been super willing to help. He's actually he's kind of starting to do the same thing that our 
like label does for us is yeah. um you know just sort of the same things he's, he's building you know databases of, of contacts and nice getting people interviews and he's got a website going and everything he's been a huge help as well and one thing that he'll do for us too is just contact people like for us so we look more yeah. professional but <laughs> okay yeah yeah i always when i send an email i say i don't say that i'm the singer in the backseaters i always just say i'm jake cook and i represent the backseat right oh the yeah. amount of times that i've wrote ne- written emails like that i yeah. can understand you i know. mean eventually they find out but uh i always just keep it open-ended and do like yeah. from in my room yeah that makes i always sense. say uh i always say nick and Ari with in my room like okay <laughs> nice more aficionado yeah yeah is that so the companies that you work with did they come to you or is that something you guys kind of seeked out to find oh they both came to us we just ended up coming back to both of them yeah with this new band so okay yeah so how did they find you do you know or they just kind of contacted you all wrong was actually pretty big i mean like relatively on a local scale um and i think that once we kind of started picking up traction they were like hey this is you know you know maybe a good opportunity for us so nice yeah i i would assume i mean we didn't ever put out an email or anything they just sort of contacted us and is that something that you would suggest like bands starting out or meet even bands that have been bands for a while to seek something like that out or just let it come to you i would say i would say if you're young and you're new to it for sure like that can help a lot um yeah and even more so like if you're um kind of established you know once once you sort of have a name and people are paying yeah, attention they can, like, they can actually help even more yeah. mm-hmm. but especially if you're just starting out yeah it can be really helpful to have somebody that knows what they're doing but nice. then again like bottom line too just like get yourself out there you know yeah, just, just play like shows. play shows yeah release the music tell everyone about it even if it you know if it's not gonna have like a massive turnout or anything yeah. at least you yeah. put it out and like people are gonna listen to it and it might go somewhere yeah, yeah, and come see me because I do cheap recordings in a really nice studio. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Wes awesome. West Luna has done a lot of stuff, like back-to-back with Nick, Okay, too, so. is that... He recorded with you his, like, new song, yeah. like, The Fame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because... that together. That's another thing I, like... I remember in my room, because he was on the podcast, too, and I remember, yeah, cool. like, hearing that name for some reason, but, yeah, I remember... Um, yeah, him telling me about that. So yeah, and no, we we have a lot of fun together. The fame turned out really well. So. Oh yeah. yeah, I would just because yeah. he did it all out of his bedroom too. So I would just wake up and then hear like Wes nail a guitar track. He is so yeah, that good dude can play some guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, I filled in on drums for him um, when he was doing over under. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, the too. dude he can play <laughs> the fuck out of a guitar. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But uh, have you um, listened to his new band, Stereo Shifter? Are yeah, we, we played with them. Um, well, they actually just bro- broke up. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Josh is in Breaking Washington news. now. <laughs> Shout out to Josh and Wes, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Peter. Breaking Peter. news on the Don't Start a Band podcast. That happened like two weeks ago. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it. You possibly heard it here first. If you did or you didn't. But, yeah, uh, no, that's real sad. I, I wish I knew when their last show was so I could like yeah. promote it. But huh? Damn, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I yeah. When I come on the podcast, them and postcards well. too, just ruining my life over here. 
Please really? tell me you didn't just find this out. Like, postcard. I, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Dude, I fucking suck. Okay? No, it's fine. <laughs> I need to get better about going out to more local shows. I mean, I I used to go to shows all the time, and now I barely go to any shows. But, I mean, I, I love local bands, and I love supporting local bands, and I feel like it's just, like, one of those things where... I just got to get myself out there and like get in the groove of doing it and then I'll be doing it all the time. That's how I've met like most of the friends that I have now, honestly. Yeah. It was just showing up at shows and. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent like bands. A lot of bands have exposed the, uh, the map to being successful or building something. Yeah. You know, they expose it and they tell you go to local shows, meet local artists and do all these things and it's just a matter of like actually doing it you know what i mean especially with like the you know music community that the denver scene already has it's like incredibly everyone kind of knows each other one way or another well what's crazy is there's i mean it's big within like, I would consider the backseaters and you guys, like, in the same scene, you know? We need to get on a show at some point. Yeah, why the fuck has <laughs> that? Um, I definitely want to do that. That'd be uh, cool. We should do it. Yeah, we'll talk about this after the podcast. Yes. We need to get on that. After the podcast, we'll start cooking something up. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's big within, like, our little realm, but then there's, like, a whole, like, deathcore scene. And, oh. I mean... I think the hardcore scene in Denver is like one of the biggest scenes in Denver it's right now. It's been yeah. pretty prime for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it was... it's been there for a while, but like looking at like the amount of hardcore bands as opposed to like other styles of bands, like there's a lot of fucking hardcore in Denver and Colorado Springs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Springs. Springs. You got Tiger yeah. Wine. Oh, yeah, Sky yeah. Burial? Right? Sky Remain yeah. and Sustain. Yeah. Remains the same is also um, their Highlands Ranch. Do they still live here? Mm, or did they move there? Part of the members live yeah. in Highlands Ranch still. Because I remember my going knowledge. to see them, I mean, at some of their first shows, and I actually recorded their first demo. No, oh, really? When I had like, <laughs> just started recording, and it. I've never been good at doing like the super. Um, distorted guitars and stuff because like all my shit is like clean clean mm-hmm. guitars and like live drums and stuff i don't know how to program drums and um you know i don't have the capabilities of like recording good grungy like super heavy guitars uh-huh just not good at it just di it yeah yeah i mean that's something I should have done, but I also didn't have plugins at the time and yeah. like I didn't have anything that would help. But at the end of the day, like they needed music that they could like give to people to, you know, kind of be like, this show. is us. We're going to go yeah. above. Because I mean, that's a big thing. You're not going to get shows if you don't have music. Right. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. And uh, yeah, now they're, they're fucking huge. So, but mm-hmm. um, fuck. What was I going to say? I think I was going to say something about, oh, whale. I saw that Corey uh, mentioned you guys. Did he make uh, like a playlist or was that just like his favorite bands in Denver? He just kind of threw that he tagged a, you guys in. I mean, as far as I saw, he just kind of like made a 
playlist with all of his favorites. Yeah. I mean, he just was like, yeah. I'm really disappointed in myself that we haven't spent as much time together. I know, right? Like, I feel like we gel on like musical yeah. influences and as far as like writing styles and stuff and how we have not played a show together is fucking beyond well i mean in a different band well you were in a different yeah. band at the time yeah but... and if i fail but uh <clears throat> yeah the backseaters though we need to yeah we need to get, need to get that going for sure. for sure um let's see what do i have here i think that's just about it um i kind of wanted to ask well i did want to ask because i'm like kind of I'm super interested in marketing. Mm-hmm. And is there something that you guys do that you can say is like your number one go-to for promotion and stuff like that? Do you like do you guys sponsor posts on Facebook or are you guys more about like playing tons and tons of shows and people seeing you live? We're all about the live vibe, definitely. Okay. We, yeah. We're all about the whole like um pretty much just like getting out there but like making a live performance yeah. and saying that it's more unique to in my room yeah. than maybe making like... an experience as opposed to playing individual songs exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and i would like to do the same that. thing with bubba duck eventually you know like i have this okay. like big like plan in my head yeah. where i'm just gonna like you know blow people's minds hopefully yeah. <laughs> with no i actually... i checked it out because uh for some reason when i went to your page um I wasn't able to, like, I clicked on In My Room, and I don't know if it was because I did it on my phone, uh-huh. but it, like, took me to some random page that had, like, zero likes and zero oh, weird. Um, anything. And, like I said, I don't know if it's because I did it on my phone, but, you, like, you I might have found the heart of In My Room by accident. Possibly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was, you know, I was like, all right, these guys are new. But then I checked out Bubba Duck, and I was like, this is is way too advanced to be like something brand new and then like i went on your instagram and i found that you had all these songs and so uh oh yeah yeah i dig it for sure and i dig you know live shows uh how often do you guys play like how many times a month would you say usually once Once, or twice yeah okay yeah because a lot of the things like people always tell you when you're starting out play as many shows as possible but yeah, when you get jobs. <laughs> yeah well and when you get to a certain stature you have to play less shows because you need more people to come right. to those bigger shows mm-hmm. um but i always think it's like a really cool idea to be like okay we're gonna play a show in denver and then like maybe we'll have like denver people come we're gonna play yeah. show in springs fort collins kind of yeah. go yeah. around the i definitely want to branch out more like I haven't played in Fort Collins in a very long time, so I would like yeah, to Yeah, we haven't that. played outside of Denver in a really long time. True, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll do. For, yeah. There we go. Fort Collins. Furthest we've been and up we can north. get Cafe Mexicali. Yeah. Have you it's had Cafe race. Mexicali? I drove past it on my way oh, to the Waffle dude. Lab. <laughs> <laughs> they have this white habanero sauce, and it's not even that spicy, but it's like a cream sauce that you can smother your burrito yeah. Oh, sold. It makes sold. me want to cry. It's so fucking good. Oh, you've heard of the Waffle Lab, right? I have not. It's a fork. It's in Fort Collins. They're like the whole like organic Colorado ingredients along the board, okay. like whatever. But oh my god, I've never had a better yeah. breakfast. Their hash browns and then their bacon, like all of it's on point. 
all nice. of its own point. Yeah, there's a place across the street from here called the Urban Egg. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, their hash browns and their um, biscuits and gravy. Like, I don't know how the fuck they make it, but it's amazing. I'm going to start a food podcast or just make it like, don't start a band, don't make food. Don't start a restaurant. Yeah, yeah don't go. start a restaurant. And definitely don't start a band that plays in your restaurant that you didn't start. <laughs> Episode one, put the pan down. Yeah, put the pan down and unplug. <laughs> uh, so what song did you guys send me? Uh, Porch Lighter. Uh, Porch Lighter? Porch Lighter, yeah. Okay, and uh, tell me a little bit about that song. So that song um, is a love song that's not a love song. It sounds, it sounds like a love song, but it's actually about being... So I don't smoke weed um, uh-huh. because I can't handle my weed. Yeah. So, People always look at <laughs> you like you're fucking crazy when you live in Colorado and you don't smoke weed. Right, yeah, Right. everybody. I'm born and raised, and like, don't get me wrong, I smoked weed in high school a lot. But, like, it's just, you got to really carve out some fucking time if you're going to get I was going to say, sometimes. Like, especially for me. Yeah. I, I really exactly. enjoy, like, having the long day of work. Yeah. And then just coming home and then, like, whatever. Like, I'm not. I I'm, think that's definitely, like, okay. But, uh, yeah, if it was, like, midday, like, you got to make sure that nothing's pressing and you got nothing to do <laughs> once you have the diploma in your hands your tolerance just leaves your body and you're like yeah. what just happened it fucking seems like that <laughs> when it gets legalized and yeah that's oh, what really because i remember was... me and my friends like used to smoke like <laughs> three bowls and have like a decent buzz and be able to like go play mini golf and like go do shit mm-hmm. now if i was a part of a team smoking three bowls you're just like <laughs> whoo i gotta like sit down and take a oh nap or something God. i yeah so i don't me- think i'd make it to three bowls i think i'd make it like maybe i usually one don't make that's it good past, though like, that's good hit. though yeah that's good yeah yeah, but I think, you know, like one or two hits at the end of the day or like before bed, like I believe in marijuana. I think that it's oh, yeah, a wonderful, um, you know, medicine and something that yeah, I love is CBD. way better than CBD is amazing. And I think it's fucking awesome that it's legal across the board because now they yeah. sell it at like Vitamin Cottage. Yeah, I was going to say that that and, just uh, passed like yeah, last year or something like that. The fact that it wasn't before yeah. is just... It can't get you high. like it. You yeah, know. and all it does is help. Like yeah. I've used it for anxiety. I have arthritis in my hands. Like it's, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah, porch lighter. But anyway, anyway yeah, this is song is actually about... I am like derailer... <laughs> Persona non grata. Oh, we have the worst habit of getting off track. It's it's. So that song is an apology that I wrote to an ex girlfriend of mine. So it's a Jake style song. Yeah, it's It's, actually a backseater song. Cover. Cover. Going back to the cover songs, a song that you didn't know was by the backseaters. Right. Anyway, sorry. But it's it's about being um, too high to like continue hanging out and like i had to basically i smoked weed and had to go to bed and it was my apology to her for um doing that to her (laughs) okay so just leaving her out on the yeah on the porch with me and all the other hooligans on the patio yeah Yeah. okay she was not very happy with me that night hey you know what it's a beautiful thing that you can assess the fact that maybe it wasn't the best thing 
no, to no, do. I was, I was being <laughs> yeah. very irresponsible. So yeah. Yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Thank yeah, you for having us. I would love to do this again. Of and I would course. also love to play a show with you guys. Yes, of course. Soon. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Episode number 26 of the Don't Start a Band podcast with In My Room. And uh, this is Porch Lighter. I'm guilty of picking your bones clean Even if you say that nothing is wrong And I promise it's not even my fault I've never been in love like this before Lisa Lighter on my porch I Please has my back Even when you're drowning on my ability to think Lisa Lighter on my porch Always has my back Even when you're drowning out My ability to think And your tongue tied And my mouth's dry From all the whiskey and smoke And you shine like A thousand bright lights my brain in your tongue tight and my mouth's dry from all the whiskey and smoke and you shine like a thousand bright lights burning blue air into my brain My mouth's dry from all 